Hello and welcome to Where Creatives Connect. My name is Jamie Sharp and this is the podcast that brings you the behind the scenes of creative folk from all over the world. Dancers, musicians, poets, you name it, I'll have them on. And it's my job to dig into the behind the scenes, their lives, their processes and tell you at home all about them. I'm joined today by somebody I've known a very long time, eight years, nine years. Yeah, maybe. I actually don't even know, to be honest, because we missed a few years in the middle there. Mm. It feels it feels longer than it probably is, actually. I don't know if that's a compliment. I don't know either. <laughs> uh, she's a wonderful dancer, teacher, choreographer, entrepreneur. Flattered. You're welcome. Um, I've got no more words. No, I'm on the struggle bus with words today. Yeah, um, same. Kelsey, welcome to the podcast. So lovely to be here. Well, no, thank you for having me in your wonderful studios. I've just had a tour around. Um, all five, five, five spaces, yeah. and they are amazing. You've Thank thought of you. everything. It's not just the dance studio themselves. It's like the, the wellness spaces around there. Um, it's, it's brilliant to see. And it's also very nice to put uh, a bit like a face to a name, a mm. place to a, a name. An really. Instagram story to a real life location. Yeah, I've seen yeah. A, a lot of it on Instagram. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah totally. Well, welcome. If you are speaking to somebody you've never met before, and they ask you what you do for a living. What do you tell them? I knew this question was coming because I've done my homework. Wait. Uh, and no matter how many times I said it in the car, I couldn't come up with an appropriate answer. <laughs> Honestly, I don't. I try to avoid it as much as possible. And I don't know whether that's on me and something I've created in my own head. But I find when I'm like, I can't say I'm a dancer because mm -hmm. I don't think that's true anymore. Mm -hmm. I was a dancer and I do still dance. But I'm not touring, gigging, actively involved in that scene. Mm -hmm. And I feel that is a misrepresentation of what that looks like if I say that. I don't know. Mm -hmm. So I don't say that. Um, but then I'm also scared that people are going to think I'm a stripper. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I'd probably make more money. But I have had to explain myself out of that a few times. Yeah, yeah because me too. It's not. It's I rough. Not it's rough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so then I kind of say I own a dance studio mm. or I'm, I, I have a dance studio. Um, and that is either end of conversation because the other person is like, uh, uh, and that's it. Okay. Or it then goes into like 20 questions. And I find that I'm trying to explain my job to someone who really doesn't like get it. Mm. And it's kind of like, what do you mean? What does that mean? And it's really weird. Yeah. Uh, I've not watched it myself. Is there a big TV show called Dance Mom? Yes, everyone relates it to that. Right. Everyone, it, yeah. And would you say it is the same? No. No, okay. No, not at all. I, I, I should have done my homework <laughs> and watched it before. I mean, no, it's not. That's not real life. That's What's very, the difference? Oh, that's very, like, Americanized. Um, it's all focused on the mums. Oh, it's not actually uh, really focused that much on the kids, I wouldn't say. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. It's my guilty pleasure. Like, I, I love it. Low key. We should watch it tonight, maybe. Oh, I don't know if I've got much more left. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Same, yeah. Uh, <laughs> also, I think there's like, I want to say there's like six or seven seasons. You'd be in for the long haul. I'm not going to take the plunge. No, but don't, thanks. Don't. Uh, yeah, no let's worries. not do it. No worries. Um, all right, so talk us through for people that haven't seen your studio or maybe don't really know, you know what a dance studio does. Yeah. You've just walked me through, explain what it's all about. Uh, it's huge. It's a massive beast. It's, it's basically in the smallest form I can put it. Kids come, they have a dance class, they get taught their dance class for 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour, and then they go home. That in its purest form is what we do. Um, but then obviously, as you've sort of seen from walking around, it's um, and that's where I started. Like that was the base of kind of where it all began. Mm. And now it is huge and it is a really massive beast. And now... Yeah, we have kids that are here from 3.30 to 9.30 every single night doing back-to-back -back classes. Um, we offer, I don't even know how many different styles. Um, we have over 100 classes a week now across five studios. And that's all condensed into after school time? 3.30 till 9 p.m. That's wild, 100 it, classes. Yeah, it's a lot. It's like back-to-back -back Tetris of who goes where when. And like literally most kids... Or there is a large bunch of our kids, especially the intermediate to senior age, that will dance. Their earliest class is normally at four because we have all our babies at three thirty, and they will dance from four through till eight thirty nine pm. Back to back to back to back the whole time after a full day of school. These kids are amazing. Mm. Like these kids, truly, it inspires me how much mahi they do in a daily. Like I couldn't do it. It's massive. Like 
I'm just here all day working. They've mm. been at school doing their sports, doing their whatever. They got up at 6am to get on their bus. They're dragging their dance gear through school with them and then they come here and dance for hours and hours and hours. And I love it. It's absolutely wild. And it's also teaching them things that are much bigger than just the art form itself. It's like discipline, uh, management, organisation, yep. stamina, all yep. sorts of things. Yeah. Um, it's really, really good. Now, you mentioned before about some extra things that you do around the actual dance class themselves, about wellness, that you've got a wellness yep. week going on right now. Yes. Um, yep. Go on, tell us yep. about that. I am massively into mental health, and I think the dance industry, maybe dance, no, I'm, I'm going to leave it just as dance, mm-hmm. has such a stigma for being you've got to be a certain weight, you've got to be a certain look, you've got to be a certain flexibility, you've got to be a certain gender type, colour, ability, everything, mm-hmm. everything. It's it's just it's a very elitist art form, I would say. Um, and when I created the studio, it was my main pillar was that dance is not an elitist sport and that is not what we're going to do and that's not how we run things here. Um, and it is kind of rubbing up against the grind often. But mm-hmm. there are a lot of people doing it, which is great. But um, accepting any dancer, child, whatever, artist at any stage of their journey, supporting them through that journey and then within that comes their mental and physical well-being. When we're dealing with these teenage girls who are – in leotards or whatever, standing in front of a mirror at 15, Mm. 16 years old or 12 even with a whole group of girls, that comparison happens so quickly. Mm. Then you add in social media and everything on top of that, which is like a whole other beast. But um, for me, this A, needs to be a safe space Mm -hmm. for everybody. Um, But then also B, I feel like I am in a very lucky position to be able to have conversations with these girls and having been through it myself, having a very incredible team of strong, powerful females. We also have some male teachers who are brilliant, but obviously it is a a largely female-dominated art form. Mm -hmm. Um, We're in such a privileged position to have these conversations and to check in with these kids. And if someone had have been doing that with me when I was growing up through this journey, I would have had a very different time, Mm -hmm. (laughs) probably a much happier time. Um, And so that has been my biggest thing for me is because the reality of it is we've got 600 kids that come through the studio. Uh, 2% of those kids are going to dance for the rest of their life. So my job here, as I see it, is to make this part of their journey, which may be their entire dance journey, Mm -hmm. as positive and fulfilling and good as it can be because – that might be it. That might be there, and which is great. Like, like you said, we teach them other skills. Most dancers have incredible careers because mm. they are so driven and so you know. And I'm not saying only two percent do it because that's all that makes it. That's a decision they make. These kids go to uni. Like, yeah. they see that it's hard, and they like dancing through their school years, and then it's not something they want to pursue, mm. which is fine. Yeah. But I suppose it's our job to protect these kids while they're at college and while they're at this time and. I am with these kids more than their parents are most of the time. Mm. It's a lot of pressure on you as well um, because you're so, I don't know, you are impressionable. That's the, that's the word. When you are that age that mm. actually you soak it all in and you, well, you, 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 it's the most formative years really. You mentioned before competition. Now, in the arts, competitions are a little bit dicey in my opinion. They're not always the healthiest thing. They, they can really develop on you know, young people very, very fast but the arts isn't necessarily a sport, therefore it's not necessarily the place to be competing. How do you teach your young people how to deal with competitions? It's so hard. Mm. It's so hard. I did comps all through my dance years. Mm. I had a love-hate relationship with them. Um, uh, I think they are, I agree with you, they're very important. I think the skills that they develop for us, we've got, I want to say, 50 competitive soloists at the moment so that's they're on their stage on their own and each soloist has approximately I don't know anywhere between two and nine dancers um and then we have 78 I think that's the number Jenna will kill me if I got that wrong 78 dancers across our troop teams and our 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 teams that compete together with an item um I love the troops because it creates bond. It's the only time in dance that you are a team. Everything else is very, you're on your own. Mm. You single swim on your own. So I love that part of it because 
the bonds that we have with our classes because we are spending every weekend with them. We've got extra hours with them. Like these kids that are our trip kids get so much extra time with us and it is fun it is funny and like we go away to comps with them and it's great so that bond is amazing the bond that the kids make with each other is also amazing like the sportsmanship and the support and the love that they genuinely have is just so cool and then the little kids who also get to hang out with the big kids that crossover doesn't happen often you know like it'll happen around the studio in the waiting areas but the big kids are going back to back to back so it's cool Mm -hmm. to have that and it gives the little kids that opportunity to be like (gasps) you know and I know a couple of years back when we had a large group of our seniors go because it was their time it was uni time for a large portion of them they all aged out together Mm. the tears were unreal like these little kids at the end of your show just cried and cried and cried and cried and cried because the bonds and the uh, the inspiration that they got from those seniors was so great um so that part, love it, mm. love it, and that's why we do it. The actual on-stage competing part, loathe it, loathe it. I don't think, like you touched on, I don't think you can judge an art form. You can't, it doesn't make any, like there is no rhyme or reason to it. I do a lot of judging, particularly in the dance world, actually. haven't done any a bit for a while, but in the dance world, it's only just sort of starting that there is a criteria. Normally what happens is you go, you talk into a mic or you write down mm-hmm. your thoughts mm-hmm. and then you pick a random number between one and 100 that you give that team. There's no this out of 10, this out of 10, that out of 10. It's starting to happen, but not really. You just pick a number. Like you, that dance in my eyes was 78 points. Why? No. It's just what you felt. It's just, yeah. I just that's what I gave you. It, 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 it oh, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Mm. And it's so hard because then you've got these kids who, the comments I love, the feedback, I'm like, read that, that matters. Mm-hmm. And again, to a degree, because there's only one person's comments, like I, me, I'm a stickler for turns. So I spot every bad turn and everything. And that's what I comment on, but I'm not super flexible. So if a kid's not really flexible, I'm like, man, I don't really mind. You danced well. And I love performance. So that's what I judge on. But there's other people that are really technique focused. Like, so take away all of it. But when you've got this group of kids or this kid who's looking at that number and that is what that dance was worth Mm. when they've put hundreds of hours worth of effort and time and love and passion into that number it's so hard and then for us we do have however many soloists like I said and they're all competing against each other from the same studio with routines that are from the same teacher and so it's like you're judging yourself against your peers and your friends Mm. and it's just so bizarre like it doesn't make any sense and one kid will do one dance and they'll get first, and the next weekend they'll do exactly the same routine. With the, they could be competing against exactly the same kids, and they'll come last. And there is no rhyme or reason mm. as to why those things happened. Yep. You can't, and especially, you know, our youngest soloists are four years old. How do you explain to a four or five-year-old? I mean, it's great. They actually don't care because most of the time the last place ribbons are pink, so they're like, rock on, <laughs> I'm happy, pink ribbon, which is great. Yeah. But how do you explain to a kid, like, that isn't your worth. Yes. That yeah, is not your yeah, worth. Exactly There's one person's that. opinion on your moment right there is mm. not your worth. It is not your trajectory of how good or bad that dance is. It's not any of those things. And we speak about it a lot. I have, we have meetings with our parents. Well, every time a new comp kid comes in, we sort of do like an intake all at once. So mm. We did one last year, definitely. And we sort of like noticed about 20 kids that we could have brought on for comps. I sat over there and had a meeting with them about comps and was very real about what it looks like because it is gnarly it is like pageant that is the part of my job that is almost the closest to dance moms and it's even if you are the nicest most gentle person in the world comps are they bring out a weird side of humanity uh you are essentially putting kids in fluff and makeup and sending them on stage to shake their booty and then hoping that they get first place for it. And it's all very weird. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very hard. It's very great. It's so amazing, but it's so hard to figure that out. So we're just very honest about it. Um, we don't play to win. That's not, I don't think you can. Um, we work really hard and mm-hmm. we want to do well. Um, but we have an amazing comp manager um, who just came on last year and sort of we have a big conversations about what is winning mm. and each troop has their own individual list of goals that they make at the start of the year with their teacher. Um, and when they hit those goals, they get like whatever it is, like uh, one of my troops wants to go to the zoo. So that's what we'll do if they hit those goals apparently. Um, and and it's, we just sort of change the idea of what winning is because it's not first place. That's but, genius. 
Thanks. <laughs> it, it actually is because the, the tricky thing is if you're still going to do competitions, there's still that it's it's like dangling a carrot. It's like you know, it's still oh yeah, but yeah. everybody else is competing for the the, the win. And mm-hmm. but if you move the goals, that's that's really good. Kind of taking ownership of uh, mm. what it actually means to win, you know. And again, yeah. a lot of our troops are dancing against each other. So like. And dance comps are weird. Like you'll have an age group that's just under 12. Mm. So we've got our – all our troops have names and they're all foxes. Cute. So we'll have Kit, which is our baby troops, yeah. against like Swift, which is our intermediate jazz group. And they compete against each other. And Kit just have to get used to losing every time. But I'm like, relatively, you're doing great. Like yeah. if you yeah. were to dance against other kids your age, you'd probably completely different outcome. But yeah. – that's not always the case. And there is no criteria. There is no criteria. It is just vote on what you see. And also, when you, even if you did have criteria, you're breaking it down to yep. binary things. But again, art is not just these no. tiny little boxes. It's communication. It's telling mm-hmm. a story. It's emoting people. And yeah, it's really important. that It's, it's got like so many times you'll watch something and you'll be sitting next to someone else and I'll be like, that was trash. Mm. And the person next to me is like, oh, my God, loved it. Best thing I've ever seen. And you're like, oh, yeah. You know, and that's how, that is how it goes. Yeah. Like, that's how that's real life. the art works. Yeah. 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 Like, we have people come up to us at comps. Actually, just happened last weekend. Another studio owner um, came up to me and was like, oh, my gosh, XYZ Troop loved it. And I was like, oh, they did terribly. Thank you. But, whoa, that, like, that was a mess. It was the worst I've ever done it. You know, and I obviously I have the privilege of seeing these girls every day, so I know what their potential is. Yeah. But in that moment, I was like, oh, and I was really taken aback as to, and then they placed really well. And I was sitting there being like, am I being a really hard critic? And then the girls watched themselves back and they were like, that was terrible. What? How did we do well? So it works both ways. Mm-hmm. You can dance really well and place badly. Or you can dance really badly and place well. I had a troop. <laughs> I love the story. I had a troop. Oh, they were like my OG girls. Um, love them. They would work so hard. We were going for a nomination, which means you get nominated to go dance. Oh, okay. Dance yeah. And um, it's actually just after NIDS, it must have been. Because I'd been talking to – you know this thing that we did at NIDS? With the, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'd been talking to them about this. Okay, cool. About receiving and yeah. about being open. And they just thought I was a bit woo-woo, which is fine. Um, teenage that, girls. That is the response I get as well. And then is you get it? like one or two people and they actually go, actually, this really grounds me. This makes me feel amazing. It's really hard, too. It, is. it, was, it was Alan that was It was Alan. Alan yeah, and yeah. Ryan started doing it and they'd sit at the front of assembly and I'd be like – and I'd try to do it and every time I'd like curl up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting, though. So I'd talk to them about this. Right. And – they wore these purple suits. I actually don't have a photo of them anyway. Um, and it was quite iconic and it was great. It, they danced. It was, I walked away halfway during the piece. I couldn't even, I couldn't stay to watch it. It was the worst. I just, I've never seen a group of dancers go out and dance. I just, oh my gosh, everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. Like everything no. went wrong. They had this cannon in this line and one of the girls didn't get in. So she was just standing at the back, like flailing. Oh, the whole thing was just atrocious. Oh no. And then I walked backstage and they were all standing there like this, being like, we're ready to receive. Like, they knew, they knew they were so, like, we're going to come into the studio and practice every, like, we did, oh, my gosh, we're so sorry. Because I literally was like, what, what happened? Oh, no. What happened? And they were like, oh, my gosh, we cooked it. We cooked it. It was the worst thing ever. And then results came. And I was like, we don't even deserve to go on stage for these results. This is not our benchmark. This is not where we're at. But off we go and they freaking got the nomination and they were all like looking at me because they were like we don't deserve this and I was like I cannot believe you just got rewarded after for that. the worst time you've ever done like I really wanted them to not get it because so I was I was like let's it. go we need to do the money and then they got it and I was like well now what <laughs> I was like oh it was just the worst but in that moment I was like this is comps Yes. This is dance comps through and through because I was there giving them an absolute rile up backstage, like losing the plot of these girls. And then they went and got a nomination and I just had to eat my words and be like, well done. <laughs> Good job. Great work. Well done, yeah. girls. Yeah. 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 But uh, yeah. Yeah. So that's, it's not real life. No, it's not. But it sounds like, you know, you're teaching them a way to actually process what's going on rather than just avoid it. Because, you know, another tactic could be you avoid it completely but mm. then you're missing out on a whole community of people that are actually doing some really good things. It would be a lot easier to avoid it, but you're right. Yeah. You also mentioned as well about mo- not necessarily moving the goals, but talking about whether you've made it or not. You said 2% of them will go on and dance uh, post being here. Yeah. And it's so easy for outside 
people or outside minds to think you've only made it if that then becomes the only thing you're doing with your life. But that's absolute nonsense. You're like everything you're doing here, you're developing these people as humans, not just dancers. Um, do you have a like a philosophy about that when, when you're teaching them? Kind humans is kind of like my go-to. Mm. I create... I create. I don't create it. It's not me. It's their families. It's their everything. I'm a, I'm a small portion of it, but mm. I work to create kind, thoughtful humans that know discipline and have given their time to something that means so much to them and something that they love. And I will fully support those kids that want to do it for the rest of their life. I will back them. I, I am also a massive advocate for the fact that there is jobs in the arts. Mm. I don't want – that was not my growing up. That's not what I – got taught I was I was actually never going to do any of this it's very bizarre that I'm even here um but so I really do allow my kids the opportunity to know that that can be an option Mm. and it's not I don't want to strip that away from them just because it's harder than anything else Mm. tell me being a doctor or a lawyer is not harder than anything else like it's this it's it's the same but different Mm. um but for me it's about I feel like I've done my job if I have a group of kids that I am still in Instagram chats with because they still want to keep in touch with me because they still care about telling me their lives and sharing their experiences through uni. And, Mm. you know, I still see dancers that will come here and visit me because I have been a portion of their journey to get to where they are now, regardless of whether they're dancing or not. And that for me is, yeah, just creating kind humans that are going to do good in the world no matter where it is they end up, I think, is, is it. Which is like it sounds really lame. <laughs> no, no, it, it, it doesn't. And do you know what? Everything you're saying here is exactly what should be at the forefront of all mainstream education: schools, primary school, high school, uni, whatever it is. But having you know taught myself in them, I think there's um, you know there's no room for people to do it. Or even if they're, they're passionate about doing that, you know they've got to get through a massive curriculum, or they've got you know, only this amount of time with them or mm. blah, 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 blah. Mm. Or, or they can't they can't even necessarily voice what they want to as a human being. They're just there to deliver deliver what they're told to, mm. I suppose. So I think it's massively important that, you know, somebody like yourself that gets so much time with these yeah. young people. I um, think I had such a way. trash journey through school mm. that that was really important. Tell me about it. So me. my next question is, you know, what was your growing up like? What was your... <sighs> dance experience and what was your school experience well um I started dancing actually because my parents forgot to pick me up from school all the time (laughs) and so literally it's like a running joke um both two working parents and had things to do Mm -hmm. and one would think one was going to pick up and the other one would think they were going to pick up and they'd both end up at work and so the office ladies popped me into the hall to do after school dance lessons because I was always sitting out on the fence waiting and they were like just jump in here and that's how I started dancing I bet my parents regret not picking me up (laughs) (laughs) should have just picked me up from school would have been far cheaper um so that's how I started so I started quite like late in the piece you know like Mm. I teach kids as young as two here I would have started when I was like six or seven which is late not really but you know um and then my brother actually was like a huge influence in this whole journey he's very eight years older than me very musical very naturally talented human Mm -hmm. so annoying um but he would often come pick me up from dance because my parents still forgot. Um, and, uh, but he, once he got his license, would come and pick me up from lessons and he'd sit in and watch and he was a real advocate for my dancing and he'd play music always. We always had music playing in the house and so he would constantly push for me to like make up because I was very good at learning the dances but when it was like free movement time I'd be like you know it didn't come naturally to me um then it ended up being all I did because Nick was really like let's do it let's da 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 and then it just sort of started to grow from there and I sort of got into it my mum was never like a dance mum by any means it was kind of like drop and go and like this is kind of a thing but I was also doing gymnastics and swimming and I played netball for like a really small portion of time but I'm not good at sports that have like a very strict set of rules, you know, like a bit more free fall. Yeah. Like I couldn't do gymnastics because I didn't like waiting for my turn. So I'd like go off and play on something else. And like, I didn't like that there was boys apparatus and girls apparatus. I wanted to do every, I didn't, I didn't like netball because I, I couldn't run where I was like lines that stopped me and I didn't really get it. Like I was like, I want to carry on running. Why do I have to hop on one foot? I just didn't get it. Mm. And then dance kind of took all that away. Right. I just, you just existed. Yeah. You just played music. You hung out. You played with ribbons. I was like, this is brilliant. This is for me. Um, 
and so it sort of just grew from there and then I it just kind of became my thing at one point I don't even really know when or how or why it just was that was kind of at a time that there wasn't a place like this that existed that you could do all of your dancing in one place in regards to jazz, tap, ballet, contemporary, lyrical, all of those things. Mm-hmm. So I went to a whole lot of different studios all around Tauranga. And then at one point, like tapping was very much my thing. I'm very much a tap girl, which don't judge me for it. Um, it's cooler than you think. Um, You're really good at it. You're re- I, thank I, I, you. I have seen you. You have. did it. It's, yes, yeah. yes, you have. It's amazing. Thank you. Um, it is cool. Uh, <laughs> such an advocate. Everyone's like tapping slime. I'm like, it's not, it's not gross line, I promise. Tap, um, tap dogs are very cool. Yeah. I like tap dogs. Brilliant. Yeah. See? Great. Shuffle I'm not quite as cool change. as them, but I try. Shovel ball change. Ooh. Shut up. <laughs> um, so there was one point that, you know, my parents were so incredibly supportive. I was so lucky. Um, I was going to Auckland one night a week after school and then I'd fly to Wellington every other weekend. Mum would put me on a plane and send me down. My dance teacher would pick me up from the airport because she was the only person that could teach me wow. at the time. Yeah. Commitment. Yeah. So real, real massive commitment from my parents and mm. it caused a lot of dramas and fights in our house because I didn't love practicing, um, that whole child thing. Um, and then, but then school was a completely different story. I hated school. Oh, I hated school. Um, I don't deal well with authority, <laughs> shockingly. And so school just wasn't – I didn't – I just didn't enjoy being there. I didn't mm. want to be there. I felt like the amount of hours that I was spending at school, I could have done the – I, I, um, I was academic, like I was mm. smart enough, but I'm like I'm spending eight hours of my day here and I could achieve what I need to achieve in two. Mm-hmm. Why, why does lunchtime exist? Like – I can eat in class and write with the other hand. What are we doing? I just felt like it wasn't a productive use of my time, which is, I'm going to sound so um, white and female right now, but it's such Capricorn energy. Like I was just like, <laughs> I have other things to do. Um, so, yeah, in school, I remember going to my careers advisor in year 13, by year 13, which is our last year of school, yeah, seventh same, form. Yeah. No, no, no. No, you no, call me Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, brilliant. Um, by year 39, my attendance was down to like 40%. Wasn't allowed to go to school ball. Wasn't allowed to go to great, like, shocking attendance. I had a job because I was at that point sort of saving for something and mm. paying for bits of my dancing and things like that. Um, and I was involved in the theater and all of these good things. Um, and so my attendance was shocking, like, shocking. And I remember going to the careers advisor and they were like, what do you want to do? And I was like, well, I want to dance. And they're like, no, it's really, it's not really an option. And I was like, because it wasn't on that list. What do you mean? It's not an option. And they were like, yeah, it's, it's not. It just seems like a, a. What did they say? It seems like not a good use of your skills or time. And I went, you've never seen me dance in your like. You don't even know who I am. Wow. What do you mean it's not a good use of my skills mm-hmm. or time? Like, okay. And there was dance was at school. It was a. It was a. Um, curriculum I suppose mm. but it was very fresh it was in its early days of NCA level dance and it was very dry you know like school dances and real life dance but mm. it was good that was offered and we still did it and that was great um but no so I was like okay I won't dance I can't dancing is not my thing it's not an option I've been told you by can... this woman who's literally a careers advisor mm-hmm. that dancing is not an option so I was like okay great I'll do law so I was enrolled in the to study law which was ironic considering my attendance was just so shocking um but I did all the things ticked all the boxes was like great this is what I'm doing at the end of the year I'm moving to Wellington to go to do law Ooh. can't wait super pumped was I mean I was I, I was interested in law but it mm. certainly wasn't my your jam. Yeah. yeah. But I just kind of thought that was like, I didn't, I'd never, no one around me was dancing. No one around me was, mm. had a, I didn't, it didn't exist in my world. So I just thought it didn't exist. And no, then I was it? told it yeah, didn't exist. Yeah, and yeah. so I was like, okay. So that's confirmed in yeah. your brain. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then it would have been like a month or so before the end of the school year, end of, you know, we're graduating, we're done. I was like, great. That's where I go to uni. <laughs> um, and I remember dad came into my room one night. Sort of sat down on me a little bit and he goes, Fluff. My family call me Fluffy. Don't ask. Um, he goes, <laughs> I won't. No. Nah. Um, to be honest, I don't even really know why. Um, Fluff, do you want to do you want to study law? And I was kind of like, mm. like Yeah. Like, mm. what, what do you mean? There's no other option. And he was like, Why don't do you want to dance? And I was kind of like, Well, yeah, but like, but how? Well, I don't know. Yeah. I didn't even know where to start. Like, I was like, uh. 
And he was like, nah, I think we do this. Like, and then literally mum, we stayed up all night. Mum organized everything that weekend, dad and I. Dad came with me, jumped on a plane to Melbourne, and I auditioned for three studios in a weekend. Mum, like, we organized all the extra off-the-cuff auditions because mm. obviously auditions were well and truly done. Like yeah. books were closed. Um, but dad and I spent a weekend in Melbourne going around doing all the things. He got me to all my auditions. It was so much fun. We had a great time. He was dance dad. Um, and then came home. And that week I got accepted into all of the studios that I auditioned for and then normal law school and then a month later I moved to Melbourne. Wow. And then I danced. And then that was that. Yeah. Yeah. That's an epic turnaround. I know. <laughs> and and even even though you'd have been pumped thinking, well, no, we can make this work, you still, you know, at, at that age you, you thought, okay, this isn't an option. I don't know where to start. And you're almost blindly going to mm. a different, well, different country. By the way, we were in Tauranga. Tauranga. Tauranga, yeah. I'll practice rolling my eyes. No, Thomas Oliver will tell me I said that wrong, though. He says it, oh, I say it wrong. We can ask him next week. Yeah, um, we'll have to. Uh, you were going to a different country. So how long did you study out there for? I was in Melbourne for, I was meant to be there for two years. I was there for a year and a half before I got my first contract. So I didn't actually finish. I finished my second year diploma certificate, whatever it was I ended up getting, via distance I suppose because I was off doing things I did the Dora the Explorer tour and it was the best time of my life it was Amazing. so much fun yeah it was great it was you, such a time was it touring around Australia uh, we did two Aussie tours Singapore India Doha no not Doha Bahrain very bizarre place wow it's really fun yeah it was great well Dora does get around the world oh mm. my gosh does she she mm. explores um yeah it was the hardest show I've ever done in my life was it really oh my god get child entertainers deserve so much money so we were in full suits I was a massive purple squirrel I was Tico the squirrel sure I haven't the three yeah. amigos okay, anyway cool. he's great I had this tail that was like ginormous like it was like huge the whole suit weighed like five kg so your back is like in a constant state of pain the awesome. show is an hour once you've got your head and your hands on, obviously you can't eat or drink or breathe or do anything. Great. You've got like sweatsuits underneath, like these like blue boiler suits that you wear underneath so you don't sweat into your costume. If you sneeze, game over. Like you've just sneezed into your own head. It's and disgusting. It's yeah. Oh my God. It's so funny. Um, you fall over all the time. You trip over on stuff constantly. Like my eyes and my costume were up here. So I based my entire track on the um, lights. I couldn't wow. see. I couldn't see the floor. It was, it was so many funny moments and dress run once. We were doing it. We're dancing away. It's also hilarious because your face is like fixed in a position. So even if it's everything's hitting the fan, your little your character is still happy, away. and you're like freaking out inside. Um, but yeah, like I did a whole show facing the back one time because no. I didn't know which way I was facing. Yeah, yeah, like literally, like eighty percent of a show just dancing to the back of the room with no idea. And you are going hard. Like you are not because all your moves have to be so much bigger because you're in this ginormous suit. Yeah. Like, Oh, it's all very funny. It's all, yeah, it was a really good time. But um, we had, like, these fans in our suits. And actually, t- uh, Boots' fan came off one day. Like, it fell off. And it was rotating on her face oh, for an no. entire half. She took her thing up and her face was just, like, ripped to shreds. That's so gnarly. Oh, my God. It was crazy. It was so oh much fun. Oh, my God. And there was, like, nine of us girls. We toured around together. It was, oh, it was such a ball. We had such a ball. It was hard work. But it was such a ball. So that's where I started. And I literally got that because I was so short. Because you have to be like really under a certain height to fit in a suit, right? Oh, I see. Yeah. So like my my biggest annoyance growing up was like my biggest consolation prize at the end. You know, it was kind of yeah, great. Yeah. Um, and then so yeah, did that for how many years? Melbourne was like our base. We'd go off from there, and then started working overseas in hotels, dancing in shows for hotels. Um, which is also a lot of fun. Moved mm. to the Dominican Republic for six months and learned to speak Spanish on the off the cuff, which was wild. I moved there with no idea, got into my first staff meeting, and everyone just spoke for an hour at me in Spanish, and I was like, oh, I've... Uh, You're in the deep end. I'm going to have to learn some things, mm. and then ended up being the choreographer, and they still do my shows, actually, which is weird. I saw one on Instagram the other day, and I was like, oh, my gosh, that's still my chore, which is great. From years from, and years From ago. when I taught wow. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and then moved to Mexico and did the same thing there for a little bit, um, and then came back here to renew a visa, and I, this dance studio existed, but to a very different degree. Mm. Um, and it was called the dance house. Um, and an incredible, um, girl called Jasmine owned it. She was amazing. And she was like, so creative. Her choreography was insane. Just like such a cool, cool chick. Um, and I started teaching for her, started teaching her jazz and tap. 
And then she kind of was like, I don't really want to do this anymore. Do you want to do it? And so I was literally back for a, a short amount of time mm. to to get visas and probably move back overseas again and accidentally bought a dance studio. And now we're here. <laughs> All the, how many years has that been now? Five, six. Oh, my gosh, it's our sixth birthday in two months. Congratulations. Thank you. That is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So when I took it on, it was one studio, like 80, under 100 kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just me. And I taught all the freaking time. <laughs> and I don't know how I did it. I taught it all the time. I actually found one of our timetables from when I, my first, because I brought it and like started term three. So I found my first ever timetable, compared it to the one we've got now. And I'm like, hell. <laughs> just for people at home. You, this this is crazy. You are literally making a bespoke timetable to make sure that all of these different students can do all the classes they want to, plus when the teachers are here. And how many times a year do you have to do this? Uh, Well, that's the timetable for the rest of the year. Oh, right, okay. So I've only got to do it once a year, but it takes me about two to three months to get to this point. And then something always isn't quite where we want it. Like, there's still things on that that I want to change. And then just then, our senior girls are like, we want a conditioning class, so I'm just going to have to find a time for yeah, that and this also doesn't show fit what the, what the this doesn't show all our privates so there's 48 competition students who do half hour privates across however many teachers every week so they normally happen like so I come in in the mornings and teach at 7am and then drop the kids off at school sometimes mm. so that they can fit in lessons that's it's wild I'll, I'll put True this on way. the screen so you can check it out but th- this is a work of art in itself <laughs> it really is um, yeah. I also want to mention the the final studio that you showed me, which yeah. was an amazing use of space. So COVID, tricky that times. Sucked. Yeah. Um, you know, we can't come out, can't be inside. What did you do with this extra studio? I had a car park that we didn't really use that often. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my amazing, incredible father, um, I have to definitely say that my parents have been such an asset on this journey. They are insane. Like my mum at a point there, she wasn't a dance mum by any means, but mm-hmm. she was on all the committees she still is on committees and I'm not even on them like she's on the national pack board which is like the national dance competition that we have once a year like she's on that board she works in every committee they're very involved in the musical theater space like dad builds set for every single one of my shows like wow. amazing and they never grew up in that scene at all and they were just like this is what we're doing um so very very privileged um Mum also calls all the shows and has been production manager of Heaps Musical Theatre. She's a very onto woman. She's amazing. Um, um, she actually was involved in NIDS for a small portion of her time too. Oh, cool. Was doing their funding. Yeah, have fun. Um, loves a spreadsheet. Uh, yes, so my father, uh, who's wonderful, was like, well, I kind of was like, Daddy, <laughs> um, can, I, can we make this space into an outdoor studio so that non-vaccinated kids don't miss out? Again, coming back to that main pillar for me, which is, inclusive mm. everybody like I can't stop this thing from happening yep. I can't control it but there must be a loophole and that loophole was outdoors it was driving me nuts that school sport could still happen and contact sport could still happen and kids were still allowed to play netball games or oh, whatever but they weren't allowed to come to dance um, oh. it was wild it was so bizarre so if you weren't vaccinated you could do things in school you could also you could also do a dance class at school but you couldn't hear. Oh, no. my god! So we could go into schools and teach dance, but we couldn't teach it after school hours. It had to be during school hours. These rules are Bizarre. so stupid. Yeah. And so I made, I made, Dad made, an outdoor it's dance nice. space. Um, and that is now Studio 5. It exists. We were, we gained a lot of dances. And we did, like, for me, we only gained dances from other studios for that portion of time. And then when they could go back to their home bases they went back to their home bases because that's the other thing the dance studio market in Tauranga is so saturated I could name 14 dance studios off the top of my head easy they're all like reputable good sized studios like it is so oversaturated it's such a huge market which is great which is great because there's a need for it Mm. we're growing I love it I'm all for it Um, but yeah so we gained these dancers we gave them a space to call home we had certain teachers that would do certain classes out there it was hard because we had to sort of pick and choose what classes could mm. and what classes couldn't. Obviously, it was anyone over 12 because that was the – I don't know what your rules were, but you had to be over 12 to be – like you had to be vaccinated from 12 years old. Oh, I see what you mean. I don't, yeah. I don't know what they were. Anyway, 
Um, so yeah, we it was great. We had all these dances, and now we've put walls on it and turned it into a fully fledged space that is part of our <laughs> massive crazy timetable. Time <laughs> yeah, so I'm really thankful for it now. It's epic. It, it really is, and I, I love again. That's a move for the betterment of the children and hundred percent and, and their time and, the, and their energy. It, and, and the parents are so thankful. Right? They were just like, "You really like Save. because this is the thing is." If I couldn't, if I was told I couldn't dance and I wasn't injured, mm. I'd done nothing wrong. Mm. I I just was told, no, not for you anymore. Your friends can still do it, and you can still do it within these certain restraints, but otherwise you can't. I would have just been gutted. Like I just, yeah. it just would have broken me. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, I was like, no, there has to be a way, and there was, and it worked, and it was really fun. Actually, it was a vibe teaching outdoors. It was so much fun. Uh, yeah. Totally. Now all of these things are. Um, for, the, for the overall well-being of these students. At some point when you've had so much energy going out and supporting all of these other people, there's got to be the question of how do you look after yourself uh, mentally um, in the well-being kind of realm? What do you do to look after yourself? I'm not great at it, if I'm honest. I think it's tricky when you make the thing you love your full-time job. Mm. Lines get very blurry. Mm. I mean, what time at night is it? <laughs> uh, it's half nine. It's half nine mm. and we're here. Mondays, so I've, I've found a beautiful boundary now. I think I am very privileged that the studio has grown to a point that I can employ people because mm. I can't do everything on my own anymore. Yeah. And I have the most amazing team. The best bit of advice I got in business, I used to go to all the talks and all the things, you know, when you start off and you're mm-hmm. like, I'll take anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, still do, let's be clear. Um, I went to a talk, couldn't even, don't even know who it was or what it was about, but I went and this lady, don't know who she was, <laughs> said the best thing you can do in business is surround yourself with people that are better than you are at what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Like get yeah. the best people around you and then, Look after your people because yeah. that is all you've got at the end of the day. Um, and so my team is amazing. We're kind, I kind of joke that I pay to have friends because we hang out all the time. <laughs> They're literally like my best mates. Like we all – yeah, it's so much fun. Um, so I have an amazing team which has been incredible and I feel very privileged to have – to A, be working alongside these people that are so amazing um, and also B – be able to take more time for myself. So now Mondays is my non-contact day. Mm-hmm. What a teacher. Um, so it's the only day of the week that I don't teach. I still work, but I don't mm. teach. I don't have kid content. Um, it's been very hard and I struggle with it every day. And basically pretty much every Monday I drive to the studio and have to turn myself around and drive back home because I just want to be here. <laughs> like it's so difficult to not be mm. in this space, to be with the kids, to be making sure my teachers are being looked after, to – yeah, it gives me the heaps. Um, but I'm working on it, and I've got an amazing team that will message me and say, go home, do not be here. Like, yeah, they've got your best interests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. Um, and so, yeah, having a non-contact day has been a game changer for me. It allows me one day to eat dinner at home. Yep, at a normal time. At a yeah. normal time, which just doesn't happen. Mm. So that's really good. Um, and then therapy. Mm. <laughs> I am the biggest advocate for therapy. I think to have... Uh, whatever you, your therapy is, <laughs> you, to have something else that to have someone else to talk to, to go to, to just be like, Bleh, mm. and to still remember that I exist as Kelsey, not just as KJ. Yeah, and that yeah. I need to look after my personal well-being as well, and that's my time to do that. Sure. Um, and then when it comes to the physical things, I think we're so lucky to live in such an amazing place. Be on mm. the beach, having a dog is the best thing ever because my dog has to go for a walk. Like she will not live without a walk and so that means that I have to get up and take it to a walk and be you know? outside yeah. yeah 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 and touch base but I am I am bad at it I wouldn't say that mm. I would say last year things got very unhealthy for me on a on a work-life balance scale like to the point that it was just constant tears like constant just oh it was shocking it was just atrocious but it's so hard to find when you eat, sleep, live it, breathe it, mm. you know, like this mm. is all we do. It's so – and like we were talking about earlier about saying no to things. Yep. I say yes to everything. Someone yep. will call me and be like, old folk time, need a dance. I'm like, yep. And I'm it. like, why? Why am I, why am I doing this? Yep. Um, but, yeah, learning to say no, learning to actually not reply to that email at 10.30 at night mm-hmm. um, and just putting – 
boundaries and barriers in place because I think again the growth of the studio was something I never expected and so at the start when it was 80 100 kids I could email every single parent and every single time they all had my personal number mm-hmm. I would call them and have conversations it didn't it was all good yep. and I love that connection and I've worked really hard to keep that connection while we've grown from that number to this number but then also your well-being is affected within that time yeah yeah and so just learning to adjust and put other people in roles to protect me and, you know, and ensure that that yeah. communication is still happening and those mm. things are still happening, but it's not all me all the time. It's not my personal energy, you know. Yeah. These girls come to work and they don't teach. Like, you know, Jenna, for example, who looks after all our competition teams, she doesn't teach. So she works during the daytime hours because that's the other tricky thing is you get here, I get here at 7, I do morning lessons. A, sorry, a.m., just to be clear. Yeah, yeah. 7 a.m., I do morning lessons. I often wow. drop kids off at school because their parents – can't wait or yeah. have lives yeah, yeah, yeah. totally so I'll drop the kids off at school um, I have been known to do like lunchtime lessons or um, study period for seniors they'll come down here wow. and do lessons and then we work and now and we've got an office here which is amazing so we work all day and do all the things that need to happen when you're feeding such a massive beast that mm-hmm. it has become and then we teach from 3.30 till 9 so you're doing a 7am till 9pm day all the time five days a week and then comps on the weekend so we go off and do pretty much so yeah, we've had comps for the last two weekends. So that's two weekends gone, and then yeah, so it's 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 consistent. It's a lot. I always say that people are like, oh, you know, what do you do? Actually, this probably might answer to your earlier question. I own a dance student that keeps me out of trouble because I don't have any time. <laughs> that is so relentless. There's literally no give up time there at all. But I'm sure you'll see it. The more you look after yourself, mm. the, the better the studio will continue to be because. Yep. You'll be a ref- this is a reflection of you totally. in, in every way. Totally. Setting boundaries has is, is been a massive learning curve for me. Mm. Really hard. Mm. Really hard when you just love it. So, like, I do love it so much and I want to. And I think, like what you just said, what goes on here and how these kids are and who they are mm. is a representation of me. Totally. Not just the studio, but of me as a human. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm like, here, yeah, have my heart every single day. <laughs> but it's good. I love it. Now you're five, you're six, six years in. Yep, almost. What do you see in the next five years or the next six years of KJ Studios? Great sign, by the way. Thank you. They're very expensive. Yeah, yeah. So worth it. Yeah. So worth it. I I love it. to invest. You do it. Oh, it won't say that, though. It won't? No. Bizarre. Yeah, I know. Can't understand why not. Uh, Anyway. (laughs) Uh, What did I ask you? Um, Oh, yeah. Do you know that all my staff, or most of my staff, a lot of my staff have a fox tattooed on them somewhere? Really? Mm. Have One you of my ever girls. done it yourself? Sick. I've actually got the logo there. I've never, I, I, you I've never, never seen that. it. No. Oh, my, I need to moisturize. Um, <laughs> yeah, my after... Well, we were actually trying to get a mobile tattooist to come to our staff do this year, but I couldn't find one. My mother nearly killed me. Do a shout out. Um, yeah, anyone. Yeah, yeah, anyone. anyone. Um, you know, one of the girls actually has... <laughs> this is so bad. Shout out to you, Joss. She's got KJ or die. Tattered on her ankle. Wow. <laughs> you have some hardcore stuff here. We got called a cult for a really long time, and I kind of had to lean into it because I was like, a little bit, yeah. A little because, bit. But it's because we genuinely love it. Like, we actually do love it so much, and I kind of love that my staff are like, yeah, I'll get a fox tattoo. Like, I didn't tell them to. They were like, yeah, let's do it. And so we all went out and got them done together. It's really cute. It was really awesome. Um, Funny. Love it. Yeah, KJ or die. That's a lot. Love it. Yeah, I'm into it. Um, <laughs> thanks, Jess. Um, so I didn't think that the studio would even be here now mm. in regards to its growth. So I think what I thought it would be like in five, six years at the start, I've so far exceeded that. I didn't even th- – I did not think this would be where I was. You know, I remember mm. I had those two studios and then I took over this building because it came available and that was like – amazing, amazing. Yeah. like it changed my whole world and then this one became available and I um denied and um denied and didn't know if like there's always that am I am I like I I always no matter how big or good or whatever I always have imposter syndrome of being like is this am I good enough here like I'm just mm. a little old cow who like danced for a few years and I didn't even dance professionally like half my teachers have done way more amazing things than what I ever did mm. In regards to their professional career. So I'm always like 
am I the right person to be leading this brigade? Like, is this me? <laughs> it seems like you're the right person. You're doing a Well, I mean, it's, it's happening and I'm, I've made a lot of mistakes and I'm learning a lot, but it's fun. But, yeah, then I got that studio and it was all very exciting. And now I think ah, it's so hard. It's so hard. Some days I'm like, burn it, burn it all to the ground, I'm done. Yeah. Um, and that's what I see for the next six years. And then other days I want to – we're bulging at the seams in the studio, which is so exciting and nothing that I ever thought would happen. And I'd love to make a home for people, artists mm. of all different – I suppose exactly what you're doing here with this podcast of yeah. making those. Because to me, community is a massive word that I throw around all the time and we actually talked about this. You did, yeah. I hate it. I hate the yeah. word community because it feels like – It's got weird connotations. Yeah. And I, I, I often think of community as like cheap – yeah. Uh, or like cheap art. Yeah, like Bat community theatre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, got, it's got a bad name. Mm, it does, but I like it in regards to... We need to make it good. Yeah, we do. Mm. We need to change that. Mm. Um, maybe I'll get a neon sign that says community. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I, I do. I think that's the only... Re- we do... Again, it's literally your podcast. We do this to connect. Mm. We do this to have conversations. Mm. We do this to make art. Yeah. We do this to tell stories. We do this to make something that doesn't exist in the world until we make it, until we do it. You know, like that. I find all of that, the yummy, juicy goodness, it's a little bit woo-woo, but that's the yumminess of what we do. Otherwise, why would we do it? Because it's so relentless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there has to be something in that. And so I would love to win Lotto and have a place that has a recording studio in it, that has studios big enough to home lots of different things. We do hire our studios out for a lot of things, but I'd like to make them more – niche in regards or I suppose maybe less niche in regards to being able to have yoga come in there and Pilates and meeting spaces and things like that and then also I'd love to have my own theatre oh I love it I'm talking really big here but that would be go to aim that way that would be the ultimate is to have and it doesn't need to be huge but to be able to have a space that we could do our media shows we could do little talent questy things for kids that didn't do comps we could do all of these events that we run now and we we pay a lot for them and get basically nothing in return mm. because we do a lot of things and we're paying for theatres constantly. To rent out. To rent yeah. out, yeah. Mm. And so it would be cool. Like, it's just to the point, like, it's ridiculous. We can't have an end-of-year prize giving at the moment in Toronto because we're too big. So we can't have all our kids in one space at one time for oh, a prize giving. We literally don't. There's, we, without paying, we got quoted for, like, one of the massive venue places. It was, like, eight grand. Prize giving's free. No one pays for it come to prize giving. And so I was like, I can't be out of pocket eight grand, eight grand. for a for a for a for a dress up event. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. it's so tricky. It's so Whoa. it's so tricky. And we do so many of those things. We just did dance awards, which is like a time when non comp kids can get up on stage and do stuff from class or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we had hire our theater for that. We do mid year show, which is all every single class gets on stage and does a piece of work from their class time from term one and two. We rent out a theater for that. You know, like it's yep. just it is constant. That it would make sense to have, have your own space. I'm uh, obviously, you. it's massive. Massive. But, um, and then we can have poetry cool. slams there. Exactly. Woo! Um, there's so, there's so many things you could do. There's so many things you could do. Yeah, and it doesn't exist here, and I know why, because it's really expensive and yeah. it's really hard, and it would all need to be purpose-built, like you were talking about a whole space with all yeah. the things. Like it's a lot of money. Yeah. Um, but how cool. Like how cool. Would that be? <laughs> and I also think a space like that would maybe change young people's perspective on what art is. Again, going back to the, to the competition side of things, if you're able to see actually different art forms that aren't necessarily competing, they're doing it to create something mm. or whatever, mm. actually that's a really healthy thing. Totally. Like and then there's more cross-art collaborations yeah. and all sorts. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's make it. <laughs> <laughs> he says, living however many hundreds of miles yeah, yeah. from this country. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, be a silent investor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. There we go. Yeah, I've got, <laughs> I've got like twenty quid. Anyway, let me get my dingbats notebook. Yes, I'm so excited. You're very excited for. I'm a bit now, nervous. You know because you listen and you've, you've told me. I'm so listened, faithful. Um, that we have questions from previous guests, and I'm going to give you one from Bryn. Oh no, Brynny boy. Bryn okay. has written down two questions. Yeah, and he told me one of them last night, and I already feel nervous. Okay. Um, I'm going to ask you the second one. If you could go back and change one decision you made, would you and why? Oh, that's really hard. I don't think... 
I think the only thing I would have done, and this is again take or leave because it has led me to where I am now. Mm-hmm. The only thing I might not have done is stayed for my last year of school. Oh. Yeah. And gone to dance school early. Yeah. Yeah, purely mm-hmm. because I feel like I didn't achieve anything in that time. But again, I may not have gone to dance at that point. I may, mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. all the things have to happen for the things to happen. Yeah. So When you were telling me about the school situation before and having the thought of, this is a waste of time. I can be doing this in a short period of time. It feels to me everything that you've shown me and told me about the studio over the last five years is actually maybe putting in place what you didn't have or what you couldn't get out. A hundred percent. I I taught at a lot of studios. I obviously danced at a lot of Mm. studios. Mm. I went through school, you know, and I sort of took all the best parts and removed all the parts that I hated the most. And I don't get it right all the time. Like there are things that I've done. What? You make mistakes. Jesus I know, Christ. shocking. Um, but I work really hard to not mm. let kids have the same experience that I had. And it wasn't, like, super traumatic and horrible. I didn't get, like, you know, but it sucked. Like, I, mm. it was sucky. And mm. I'm like, there could have been a better way to do that. Like, yeah. if I had had someone in my life that was like, no, actually, hold on a minute. Like, if it hadn't been for my parents, which is, I would argue, quite rare for parents to avidly support their kids in an arts space. I have so many conversations, particularly with dads, about when their daughters want to dance. Oh, interesting. And they they get sent to me to have a conversation about what that actually looks like they're worried. Financially? Yeah, yeah, and just that it's not real. You know, there's still that stigma that it's not not real life. I think, (laughs) this is a bit naughty, I think there's a hierarchy within the arts and I think dance is close to the bottom. I would say that Music is further up yeah. and acting and drama is up there. Yeah. And I would say that dance sort of is definitely growing because of the music video scene mm-hmm. and TikTok and all of that what stuff. But I would say that within that hierarchy, dance is close to the bottom. Why? I just... I think you're right, but why? I, I, think, I think because it's not something that A is until recently readily seen. You see ballerinas. Yeah. But you didn't, it was rarer to see dancers. And actually you, you kind of see an idea of a ballerina. Yes. You don't actually see. No. No. Yeah. No. Mm. And then also I think, uh, I always say it, dance is really quite uncool. Like <laughs> if, you, if you're sitting around with a group of friends and you can, I mean, acting, drama, not so much. You can sing or play an instrument. That's cool, man. You can do that in that space and time. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, If you're yeah. like, I dance, which again comes back to maybe telling people what you do and they're like, Go, show me something. What? Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's, I feel you. It's, yeah. not, it's not readily available it and it's not consumed on the daily. No. Movies, we watch them every day. Mm. Music, we listen it's, to it constantly. Everything. Yeah, yeah. Movement, little bit, we little bit off the cuff. Like not... It's not so, so readily consumed by muggles, mm. you know? Yeah, no, I, I do know. Yeah. I do know. Yeah. I hadn't, hadn't actually thought about that before. Yeah. But it's true. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, totally. Well, I mean, that's how I feel. And I'm not like, oh, well, was us, but I just think that's the way it is. Mm. And so I think, yeah, it's, it's parents definitely have a bit of like a, when it comes to their kids wanting to pursue dance. How interesting. Mm. And I get it. Mm. But yeah, I... I'm very thankful for my parents because this would not be happening if they had have had any ounce of that. And it must have been so scary for them. Now, as an adult, yep. to look at it, to send their 17-year-old to Melbourne mm. with no idea about what – because they also had no one to talk to. Yep. You know, they didn't have a dance teacher who they could be like, should Cal's dance full time? What is this like? What mm. are we looking at? They just had to, like, blindly be like, please don't die. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll see you in a bit, you know. And it's just really lucky that it's all kind of worked out and I've definitely landed on my feet. <laughs> totally, totally. Honestly, everything you're doing here is, even though I've known what you've been doing for years, it's blown me away, even just tonight, looking around the studios. But it's it's so much more than just dance, just the art form. And I think if you're able to, you know, instill that within even a handful of young people, the world is a better place for this existing. So... I hope Amazing so. job. Amazing I hope so. job. Thank you. Thank you so much. 
for your time. It's been a pleasure. Um, And (laughs) what would be really cool is if I, in a year or two, come back and see where things are Might not even be here. Who knows? Maybe we'll be in the theatre. Maybe. Maybe. I may have won Lotto by then. What would you call it? Oh, oh. I've never... Do you know how long it took me to name the studio? Oh, it was so hard. Um, I've got no idea. I don't know. I'd have to think on it. I'll have to mull on it for the next two years. I'll come up with something. Love it. Maybe I'll just call it community. <laughs> no. No, maybe. That may, uh... Surely no. not. No, 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 no. Doesn't work. No, it doesn't. No. Well... Because then it's community theatre. Oh, God. No. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. We're not going to leave it on that. Uh... Um, amazing. If you're still listening at home, thank you very, very much. Please do check out KJ Studio. Actually, where can we find you? Oh, uh, I personally, you can't, I don't exist. But you can find KJ Studios on Instagram at kj.studios. Um, and that's basically what you can find. Yeah, perfect, perfect. <laughs> Go and check it out. Wherever you are, remember to connect with people, create with people, but most importantly, be exactly you. Until the next time, peace. Yoo-hoo. We did it. <laughs> did it. What a, can you imagine if there was some technical difficulty and none of that worked? Do you, does that scare you? Yeah, every single Like, what I actually didn't say on the podcast, which is what I should have said, is I'm currently studying psychology. And counselling. <laughs> I'm filming. Go, go on, go, 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 I'll put it in, I'll put it in. Nah, yeah, no, because of, because of, like, the conversations that we have with the kids and all the things that we talk about, this feels very weird, and I'm also, like, standing next to a mirror. <laughs> um, maybe you can be in the shop, too. Um, because of all of that, I um, have studied, or am studying, I need to finish it, I haven't done, I've done my first however many papers, mm. for psychology and counselling. So that I can better support the kids. Because we're constantly having conversations about mental health, about, I mean, obviously eating disorders is a huge one for Mm. us. Um, So, yeah, and Paige, who's my 2AZ, is also, that's Paige's desk, the plaster on it, um, is also studying at the moment too, her diploma in counselling. So do you think you would have done that if you didn't have the studio? Nope. No. So this is kind of bettering you as a person as well? Oh, 100%. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, because you have to vet yourself every single day. And mm. I, I think only recently have I realised how much of a role model we actually are and how mm. much what we say genuinely matters. Like how many things, how many cooked things from teachers or people you look up to, I mean, we've had conversations about this, right? That yeah. people have said or done things that have had a massive impact on the rest of your life. Yep. It means that every single day I need to be like, right. What's the optimum version yeah, of me I yeah, can be for them? Yeah, for yeah. these kids. Yeah, which means we're um, constantly bettering myself even in regards to like eating healthy and looking after my body and like all of these things just so that yeah I can be the best role model that I can be which is really scary Mm. you know like do you know what else I really like about that is that so many people think that's a cheesy thing like it will be the best version of me so like life's good but actually you're here doing that Bryn said something similar last Mm. night about you know, when I asked him what does he do for a living, yeah. he came out first. I think he might have mentioned it, but he said, "I'm a counsellor. I'm totally. a, a comedian. Yeah. Oh, I didn't say comedian, but like he, all these yeah. different things." Yeah. And then at the end of it, I'm also a mm. radio host, and it, it's so true. You are yeah. all of these things stacked up. Like I've seen so many girls through so many different stages, mm. and I mean, I know I speak a lot about females, but we are very female heavy, yeah. so it is kind of where it is. But like. I see, and this is going to be TMI for sure, but like young girls going through their first cycles, that mm. happens at the studio and they're wearing a leotard. How do we support that? How do we show up and make that okay? How do we be there for these kids and ensure safe boundaries and yep. open conversations, which is another big part of Wellness Week about checking in, which is what all those are for, um, which is very cute. Like uh-huh. little like reflections and like throughout all ages and things like that. But it's like we probably see on varying levels, like I'd say two to three panic attacks a month in the studios. And it's like, how do we look after that? How do we then follow that up? What does that look like afterwards? We have such a weird insight into family dynamics in these kids' lives. Like we are with these kids all the time Mm. from sometimes the ages of what ago. Like we are the one staple for them. So how we show up and what we do and how consistent we are as people is kind of like a parent figure in these kids' lives, to a degree. Yeah, for sure. Know? 
So. And it's over a number of years, like you said, they started two, or some, yep. of, them, some of them started two, no. and they're here till 18? Yep, so I'm about to, actually sometime this week, I've got one of my little dancers, we do the same photo every year, we've done it oh, since she was two, I love it. and this is our seventh year, because I taught her wow. before I even owned the studio, yeah, so this is our seventh year, and she's only in primary school, so I'm going to be, assuming she carries on dancing, I will be constantly in this dancer's life, from the age of two till 18, crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. You, again, you don't get that in mainstream education because, you know, teachers change and yeah. year groups and whatnot. Yeah. And like, so wow. I'm going away for a month and the starts got like super upset that I was leaving for a month. She was like, I'm not going to see you for a whole month. Like, that's how consistent we are. Oh, wow. Yeah. But yeah. again, that's a lot of pressure on you as well as, yeah. you know, your, that's your personal time. That's, yeah. your, that's your life. Yeah. yeah. Um, totally. Totally. And like, yeah. we'll show up for these kids' dance comps and the weekend and things. Not paid. Like... Oh, I, did I see there was like four of your teachers that turned up for a shoe fitting shoe fitting the other day? Oh, that was amazing. When shoe fitting, our whole management team showed up. Unpaid, on time, didn't need to be there. Like, we were doing nothing. We just, we showed up. We, we, bought, we bought them all flowers. Like, it was their first point shoes. It was really exciting. Oh, I love that. <laughs> They're like our kids. Like, yeah. they, they genuinely are. Like, it's, yeah, it's crazy. It's very weird. It's great. It's amazing. And it's very... I feel very privileged mm. and I feel like, but also on like probably like a way deeper level, it also does, this is quite heavy, prevent me from wanting to start my own family and have my own kids because I think it's going to take me away from the space and that really scares me. Mm. Like I'm not like on a personal level that it changes my mindset because like giving myself to the space has always been my first priority. So like not being able to do that is a bit like, oh yeah, I don't know how that adaption would look like. How it would fit in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. Do you think so. there'll ever be a point where this takes more of a backseat or, or less of a constant It's starting role? to happen. Is it? The fact that I haven't been here all day until now is rare. And like, I'm doing yeah. more stuff for myself. Like I did a choreographed rock last year. I'm doing Matilda this year. Like there are other things happening in my own world that I'm creating space and time for, but it comes at a cost. Mm. You know, like... Yeah. When something happened last Monday and I wasn't here, one of our dancers had a moment and the mum was messaging me being like, can you come in? Like, can you drive from home to be here, to come here for this kid? Mm -hmm. And it was a really hard time to set a boundary and be like, I can't. Yeah. Like, I'm sitting at home with my partner and my dog eating dinner. I actually can't. Like, I can see her at, at tomorrow, first thing, I can pick her up, but I can't come in now but it's saying no is really hard and I was like messaging our management chat being like I need to go in I need to go in I need to go in the girls were like no you don't you need to not go in mm. because this dancer might be having a bad day but she's safe her mum's there we're okay yeah and you can't take that time away from you you know like it's really hard and those mm. things crop up all the time where it's like where's the line <laughs> yeah yeah and that line moves depending on the context and the situation yeah. as well yeah it's really hard yeah yeah for sure I love it. You're smashing I love it. it. You're smashing it. 